Hey, welcome to the Back Row Fantasy Show. On today's episode, we are going to talk about the draft that's coming up roughly a week from today. We're going to give you what teams need to go for two at position of needs. And we are also going to call out some sleepers and some guys that could be late round steals and some guys that are going to be early round busts on the Back Row Fantasy Show starting now. Welcome to the Back Row Fantasy Show with your hosts, Jeremy Barker, Aaron Arms, and Neil Crabtree. Oh, we're going to make him say, oh, nah, nah, nah. Make him say, uh. Neil, you remember some Master P, right? I bet, I bet you were a you were a cash money millionaire back. Wait, that's not even. It's no that's, that's not them. Yeah, no what limit. was theirs? Was it? Ca- it was no limit. The no, no limit, limit soldiers. You're a no limit soldier. Listen, was it Sea Murder? And who else was in there? Oh gosh, Myst- mystical silk the shaka. I like the silk the shaka. Silk the dude, who else? It was. It was like pajama soldier. Who was the dude that wanted <laughs> no to, limit soldier to back that a up? Who was that? Juvenile. Juvenile. He he was on no mm-hmm. limit for a minute. No mm-hmm. need to ask me why. No I'm a soldier limit. till I die. <laughs> Not me sure and uh, Jimmy Unger. We me and Jimmy Unger used to sing that in an English class. Uh, you know, have a little duet there. Um, Sounds hungry. Yeah. It was it was it was quality. Honestly, I don't know. I didn't go into a career in rap, but you know, here I am. Here I am. Aren't, aren't y'all lucky? Rock me like an old limit soldier. Yeah. So we're glad to be back. We're glad to be penetrating your ear holes this fine day. Should be Saturday. Happy Easter weekend to everyone, especially the man it was all about that moved to rock and came out of a cave. Happy Easter weekend. Yes. Indeed. Neil's over here like, what the heck <laughs> is going on? Hey, it's not know. blasphemy. It's just the truth of the matter. Right. Easter ain't about candy, kids. It ain't about Easter bunnies and candy. It's resurrection. I haven't, got, I, I haven't I, had an Easter ba- basket in like 20 years. First off, I, well, best right we'll have to remedy that, Arms. Let's get Neil an Easter basket. I will get him an Easter basket. Let's let's go pick out. You talk about those Reese eggs earlier. So first, first of all, <laughs> we'll just go ahead and get that out of the way. Yep, let's do it. There is no candy better then the like Reese cups are all right, but Reese eggs, Reese trees, Reese oh, yeah. pumpkins in any form so much better than the actual Reese cup. Any Same special with holiday form of Easter candy, Reese's especially. Reese's Snickers, same way, dude. Yeah. I, I I mean I'm I'm obviously a large man, but I mean I'll hammer me some like <laughs> some. Uh, oh, I'll eat a whole pack of Easter eggs. <laughs> no, I'm, I'll hammer me some like uh, Snickers eggs, just right. like one after another. I'm like. Why am I like this? What is wrong with me? I usually cry when I finish off the last one. <laughs> Why the heck can I stop? But they're Reese's cups are not even in the ballpark after you've had a Reese's egg. No, I mean they're not even in the ballpark. When I go to the store when it's not a holiday and I pick out I want a Reese cup, I'm just disappointed before I even open it because it's not a Reese egg. Yeah, I mean, I, I which I'm you know I don't get like the jumbo eggs. I'm sure they're no those aren't a good. little better. No, they're, they're, not. they're not. No, it's too much peanut butter. 
versus not enough chocolate. I Whereas almost, the eggs, the, the regular eggs are the perfect balance. Do you almost feel like they don't even use the same type of peanut, peanut butter? Something's different. Like It's like the peanut butter in the eggs are like a, a lighter peanut butter. Right. With the ones in, in the cups are like a almost like a bolder, darker peanut butter. Yeah, so there's just, something more sugary and not so right about the cups. And the eggs have the balance. And while we're on that, just in case... The difference between king-size candy bars and regular can be crazy. I don't know if you like Watchamacallits. Anybody like Watchamacallits? No. Freaking fantastic candy bar. King-size, it's not that good. Regular it is. Reese's Fast Break, don't like it in king-size. But I, I, I like, I like size, the regular yeah. size. That's my favorite. And the snack size don't work for any of those you I guys just like, mentioned. Wait. What, what's the fast break? What's that one you got in it? The fast break is like the... It's the best candy It, it almost looks like a half of a log, the way it's shaped, and it's got nougat oh, okay. and peanut yeah, yeah, butter yeah. and chocolate. Almost like a Nutty Buddy, but with uh, like Nutty Bar. Very, yeah, it's similar. But, but with like Reese's yeah. on top. I got it. There's yeah. a Little Debbie peanut butter mm-hmm. bars. It's like those, but chewier because of the nougat. Okay, I'll buy it. The, yeah, those regular It's not style. a peanut butter bar. It's a nutty bar, which is exactly where I was going with it. No, 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 no. There's a Little Debbie peanut butter bar as well. Yeah. Is there? Not mm-hmm. not the nutty bar with the, the uh, you know, lattice I, pattern, but this is just like the, the th- crunchy cookie with the peanut butter through it. And this is proof. Like, if you're not religious, right there, proof God exists wants you to be happy. Oh, absolutely. No, Nobody outside of God could have thought of Reese's Easter eggs. <laughs> nobody. Boom. Nobody does it better. Move, move, moving on. Thanks, God. So. <laughs> Big news in Ohio. Uh, yeah, the Backroom Fantasy shows from Ohio. Huge news. Absolutely. Massive. But Blue Jackets sweep the opening series against the best team in hockey, arguably. Absolutely. It, it's it's legendary already. I mean, that's uh, their, their first playoff win against the, and I think it's the first time, it was the President's Cup. First time the best uh, total uh, record for the regular season gets swept in the first mm-hmm. round of the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a big hockey fan, but, you know, I do support my local teams, um, you know, yeah. in non-football stuff. It took the Blue Jackets 81 games to make the playoffs. The Tampa Bay Lightning lost 16 games, which is very Golden State Warriors-like. So it's essentially the Warriors versus the Brooklyn Nets. In the hockey playoffs, and the Brooklyn Nets swept the Warriors. That's that's the equivalency of what just happened in hockey. I don't know about the number of All-Stars on the team, but you're right. Quality of the team-wise. Yeah. And Neil's the resident hockey expert. I, I know next to nothing about it, hmm. but I do like seeing teams from Ohio succeed. Just the same way a few years back with the crew, whenever they were uh, real dominant. And I think they made the, uh, the MLS championship game, didn't they? They won one, didn't they? they? I don't think they won. I thought they made it and got beat. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah re- regardless. And then they're like, oh, we're moving to Dallas. Why? Main thing I know about Houston, hockey wherever. is that Robin Shabotsky loves hockey. I won't even give that away. If you get that reference, you just let me know. Robin Shabotsky. And Canada also produced uh, the Crash Test Dummies. You guys want to get into a rendition? Of- mm-hmm. No, we don't. We actually don't want to get it. But they, Canada did also produce Letterkenny, which... And Nickelback. May and Nickelback. Oh, which God. We'll take the good and the bad. Our Lady Peace as well. Letterkenny might, if you've not looked up Letterkenny, it's on Hulu. It might be the funniest show that if you've ever lived in a backwoods area, like it might be the funniest show that you, you watch. Super Troopers 2, also a product of Canada. Yeah. Great movie. What else? Mm, uh, Wayne Gretzky. 
Mounties? Prime Ministers? I don't think Prime Ministers are part of Canada. I mean, they have one, but I don't think they're a well, you know I mean. Canadian product. Yeah. Uh, black Flies. Canada. A lot of Black Flies. Is that like a band? What is that? No, it's flies. It's a brand of, it's a type of fly, black fly. Every fly I've ever saw is if black. If you camp, <laughs> if you camp, I'm getting that same tinny thing. If you camp in Canada, you get attacked by black flies the whole time you're camping. If you walk barefoot in Florida, you will get eaten by fire ants, which is awful. Yeah, that is terrible. Uh, and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, don't go out in the yard. It's got fire ants. And I'm like, those are fire like, ants. oh my God. <laughs> those are relation to you somehow, right? Fire ants? Yeah. Because of red, like kind of. Yeah. They're ginger ants. They hate the sun. That's the reason they bite everyone. We're not twitching, but if you haven't ever noticed, Arms has a red beard and his face is always red. That's no, probably because I hate you. And, I relate back my, to uh, all those peds he did when he was younger. A <laughs> <laughs> lot, lot, of, lot of peds to remember get Remember the, was it at, uh, at Millennium? I'm like, I'm not on steroids. And then that we became tried the thing. so hard to get him to paint himself green and wear cut off jean shorts, and we just couldn't get him to do it. But part of the deal was we wanted him to smash stuff on streets, like to just walk by and hit people's, you know, car hoods and mailboxes, and and just start screaming. Yeah, and then I'm so I'd walk in, and the the job required you to wear a collared shirt, and they didn't care what the shirt looked like as long as it was not wrinkled. So I had this Hawaiian collared shirt. It had flaming flowers on it. It was like bright blue. And I'd walk in with my cutoff on, carrying the shirt on my shoulder. Den Carter would be like, Peter Gunn's like, what? Dude. Oh, man. Good Love times. Also, let's Peter throw, I want to throw this out there just because a uh, friend of the show, Jeff Litton from Tampa, Florida, Chase Litton's dad, Chase Litton being the backup quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs, Jeff forwarded us over a, a little video. Man, that family's so cool. But he forwarded us a video, uh, like Chase on TV doing some special workouts, like trying to keep up with Patty Mahomes. It was it was encouraging to see because the Chiefs really like Chase Litton, and we still appreciate him coming on the show uh, last year when he did. It's so good to see teams getting some of these undrafted guys and like holding on to them, seeing that they have something. And that's uh, maybe I mean, that can be a segue into this whole draft app, you know, segment. There it, might be some quality free agents this year. Here's the thing: if you've got someone as good as Patrick Mahomes, like you don't want there to be a huge drop off, and they must have some faith in Chase Litton. You know, if they got faith in him to keep him around to be the backup. That that's awesome, right? And we were a fan of him as well, so it's good to see that our feel good moment of the show. I wish we had a button that was like heaven's gates opening the feel good moment of the show heaven's gates a whole, whole different thing yeah oh wait that's uh, that, a, that that's was, a cult that, that yes. was a cult that was, but i'm talking about the gates of heaven i'm not talking about you know the heaven's gates uh, the dan cummins actually did a uh, podcast on heaven's gate very entertaining you know they're still active i listened to that one yeah they're, they are still active. they're still he actually uh offered to you know basically wrote him a huge email about being a multi-millionaire and wanting to, uh, you know, meet up with Comet is going to get donate all of their money. And, you know, it, it's a cult. All right, so let's just go ahead and get that out. But they're like, no, there's no Comet coming, so you should probably not, you know, kill yourself. Right. Which is, you know, it's pretty respectable for uh, a cult nice that killed everybody. You know, just to, just to uh, go to the opposite end of the spectrum on that before we move on to football, uh, there's a new documentary come out, coming out. Like, it was pointed out to me by a coworker. Because we have this little inside joke at work, but there is a documentary coming out called Hail Satan, and it is about the Satanist community, and it's uh, apparently fairly eye-opening, and a lot of people are like, holy crap, I was a Satanist this whole time. I can tell you, I've got a few friends that are, you know, 
I mean, that's what they claim to be. And I'm like, you know what? We get a long way better than we probably should, considering our, our beliefs. Am I a Satanist? I mean, I'm definitely not, but different story for a different day. We're not going to get into that. Now, granted, they're not all, it's not just about. It's not like it's sacrifice babies. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not really about Satan either. It's about like, you know, uprising against government and all this other stuff, which still, I would never be able to call myself a Satanist, even if I was a Satanist, because it's just so off-putting. Like, hello, I'm Jeremy, and I'm a Satanist. Would you like to go to Easter Sunday with me? It doesn't work that way. Can't. I'm not sure they celebrate that. that, but I don't know what they celebrate. I don't think they celebrate stuff. I think they're just all about anarchy. They should just be called anarchists. But there's already a group called anarchists. Is there? Where are they? I mean, people claim to be anarchists all the time. They got the little A thing and, you know. Those are Avengers. That's Captain America fans. <laughs> Same thing. All right. Football time. No news and notes that I know of that are very relevant. Besides Kyle Shanahan saying Jarek McKinnon's got a, a, a big role in their squad, which we'll we'll believe it when we see it. But not much news. Mm-mm. So we can just get to drafting. Are you guys ready to go for two? Let's go. We're doing a segment. It's called Going for Two. We're going to talk about some of the play, uh, teams upcoming in Thursday's draft that really need to take more than one guy from their main position of need. And I've got a nice little list. I guarantee you guys are probably going to cut me right where it counts, but I'll defer. Arms, Neil got deferred to last time. Let's go around the table so we don't steal them all. Give me one team that needs to go for two in this draft. I mean, I think we probably the most important uh, position on the field, we know, quarterback. The team that probably needs to go for two the most at quarterback is going to be the Dolphins. I don't agree with that being the most need, but let's continue. That's, that's the biggest need that they have. Let me ask you real quick. Who would you rather have as your stopgap quarterback and – which one's going to be on the shortest leash? Ryan Fitzpatrick or Case Keenum? I would probably have Case Keenum on a shorter leash than Fitzpatrick or than Fitzpatrick, but what I'm saying is you they've been they've needed quarterbacks since what? When did Marina retire? Don't disagree. You know what they're I mean? On, they're on like, my list. I don't disagree at all. It was just the I, it's probably debatable whether Miami or Washington needs to draft two more. Or the Bengals. I mean, as far as that goes. I wouldn't go that far. Andy Dalton's better than anything either of those aforementioned two teams have. Yeah, I agree. But Not that he's great. But, you know, so the Dolphins are picking at 113, 216, 314, and 414. You know, they are in position, I mean, depending on how everything shakes out, to either get a Haskins or a Locke at, at 13. Um, we're Obviously, we can't project trades. And, you know, in the third round, there's a lot of people that still have Will Greer projecting into the third. I mean, I think that no I I think that he get, goes higher, but if he's there, if someone like Will Greer's there, I mean, to get that kind of the way Washington did it a few years back. All right, we've got a, a first rounder. We're going to you know give him every opportunity that we can, but we do have a quality guy to compete with him and may the best man win. Like that's what I think the Dolphins need to do: go for two with quarterback in this year's draft and hope one of them work out because it's been a position of need for Miami for far too long. I agree 100% with that statement. Neil, what team needs to go for two and at what position? I just feel like Jay Fiedler's been disrespecting. <laughs> Top notch talent, right? Jay Fiedler? Yeah. Jay Feely? Or is that their kicker? Who cares? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 
The the list of disappointing Dolphins quarterbacks is almost as long as the list of disappointing Browns quarterbacks. But I also think the Ravens will probably end up taking two wide receivers pretty soon, like either either back to back or receiver space receiver. So uh, I'm I'm glad that you said that. Do you have anyone that you would kind of like to project to them? Harmon. Harmon. Okay. But yeah, they obviously need a receiver. Everybody knows that, and that, that's, I should probably should went a different direction as far as because that's pretty safe. That's that's a safe assumption that they're going to probably even triple dip on, on the wide receiver position. That's actually one thing I was thinking about. They might need to go for three yeah, on receiver. Yeah, they might, but they need to change what they're doing because I mean, for years, what what do we see them go for? Fast, fast straight line guys. Well, the Harm, uh, the Harmon. That's why Harmon's one of the better fits for them. He's not fit, fitting that mold. He's fitting the more current Ravens style. Yeah, so I'm thinking like, you know, if if a Riley Ridley falls that low, you know, I, I do like Harmon possibly being there. You know, I mean, some other guys that I'll talk about later, Anthony Johnson, um, you know, David Seals. If so, if those guys can are, are there in their time, you know, let's say that they go with Harmon and I, I can't see him falling this far, but he get, they get him at 321, you know, and, and Seals is there at 421. Like that is... Uh, you know, all of a sudden, you've got some big guys who have the ability to do more than just run in a straight line. So, yeah, I mean, definitely a, a go-for-two type uh, position for them. I mean, once again, there's uh, there's some depth here. I, we don't know how it's going to turn out, but absolutely. Whoa. I had a sneeze coming on. Wasn't sure if it was going to happen or not. Scary <laughs> moment when you're recording a podcast. Is that like, do you dad sneeze? Oh yeah. Sometimes I do the old burp snort. Yeah. <laughs> All that good stuff. So here's I'm gonna dig I'm gonna dig kind of deep on my first one of the night. I'm gonna go with the New York Giants. And I'm not talking about quarterback. Okay. Because I'm not convinced that they're taking a quarterback. I'm convinced that David Gettleman is just crazy enough to roll with Eli for the next three years. He loves him. I'm convinced that that could happen. I'm also convinced that they like the 2020 draft class better. I agree. I st- I'm still sticking with my Drew Locke to the Giants. I'm going to stick with that. But I the, the the great thing is the Giants have two first-round picks. They have another pick at 17. And I think that the Giants have to go for two on wide receivers. Reason being, I, I know that they've got – they have a decent core right now with Golden Tate. Golden Tate's, to me – Going to have a resurgence this year. Yes, I, I agree. Like, I like Sterling Shepard as well. I don't have any problem with those two wide receivers. What I do have a problem with is the New York Giants taking their quarterback of the future this year or next year, and Golden Tate is likely going to be on his last legs when Absolutely. they get that quarterback acclimated to the system they want to run. So when you deal Odell Beckham, you have to take two, in my opinion, to hope one of them pans out. It'd be great if both of them pans out, but you have to do something. Golden Tate can't be the replacement for OBJ. OBJ. I did say it right. Okay. Sometimes I call him ODB, Old Dirty Beckham. Just a thing of <laughs> mine. But you have to take two wide receivers when you got rid of OBJ it because also works somebody. With Odell Beckham, ODB. Okay. I agree, but Sorry. I get called out on Twitter all the time and I have to explain myself. But two wide receivers. I mean, I think it's 17. I think an AJ Brown would be perfect, and I think if they could get away with it later in the draft, you know, maybe taking a guy like Terry McLaurin. I know you guys don't like him, but they they need to take a couple guys with upside to try to fill that gap that, that OBJ leaves behind once the new quarterback is ready to actually play ball. Like I said, I don't think Golden Tate's going to be 
that great when that time comes. They're at a position with one six, one seventeen, two five, three thirty one, to where at one six, if a Josh Allen falls to them, they can get a pass rusher, right? I mean, I don't think that he's going to fall that far, but it's not out of the question if someone moves up ahead of him. Right. So, and let's say someone moves ahead of him, moves up to let's say three, okay, and they okay. go after. Dwayne Haskins, and Haskins was their guy. All right, so then they get a pass rusher. And then at 17, to get – and I'm higher on A.J. Brown than I am D.K. Metcalf. Same. But if you get A.J. Brown at 117, I know he he grades for a lot of people a little bit lower than that. I think you've got a good – you know, a really solid player then. And we you can move down – I mean, in the second round, you can end up with a, a Nikhil Harry. Um, it probably a little high from what most people haven't projected at. Or once again, even in the third round, you're looking at Riley Ridley if he's there. You know, you've got Terry McLaurin. I know a lot of people have him as a riser, but you don't know how much of that smokescreen. You know how much of that is just somebody talking to try to get someone else to, you know, take him instead of their guy. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of quality receivers that can be had later, but they, you're right. They definitely need to go for two at, at that position. And I also think they got to go for two at edge. Well, I think the the edge is going to be the first two picks, in my opinion. Yeah. First two? Both of them? For, well, the D-line in general. Okay. Then then I think the wide receiver pick will come with round two. The first of the, yeah. the crew of wide receivers. Two, five? But, two, yeah, five, but, yeah, because that's a better spot for the receivers that they want anyway. I think they need a bigger body receiver anyway. Well, I mean, here's the thing. I And I'm, I, I always hate to say... This is the closest thing to someone in this draft. Right. But in this draft, realistically, I mean, A.J. Brown might be the closest thing to Odell Beckham Jr. You know, from the all-around, he can make, you know, the cuts. He can go up and get the ball, and he's fast. You know, A.J. Brown's a quality all-around receiver. I don't think he's Odell Beckham. But If, if we want to go based off of the crazy catches and stuff like that, it's Nikhil Harry. Yeah. yeah. But as far as talent goes, I'm with you. A.J. Brown, to me, might be the closest. To I, I, I'd rather give them like the Pisco Burst, like more possession type guy at that spot instead of like an A.J. Brown. That, that's just me. I mean, if they get Harry and Brown, yeah, yeah. that's it. Oh, that'd be insane, especially – and I mean, once again, I know a lot of people think have Harry a little bit lower. I think he's uh, Harry. At, Harry won't last the second round. I'm calling that now. So see, I, I at, got him at, going in the first. Two. It's just later in the first at two o five. I mean, he's going. He could fall, you know. And if you end up with AJ Brown, and you know, let's say that you just skip on the second round and you wait until the third and get end up with JJ Arcega Whiteside, you're not upset about it. You know what I mean? Like there's. To get your your route guy who can pretty much do it all and your big body guy, I mean they're in a position to where they can really rebuild this uh, this receiving core pretty impressively in this draft. Absolutely, Neil, you're next going for two. Um, I think that's the Seahawks will probably be going cornerback, back to back, that a cornerback safety. I've got a different one on the Seahawks. I've got. Go ahead. Sorry. But I really they need to address all the empty holes that's been left by the secondary being dismantled. So I think that's where they're going to be addressing all that. I mean, easily in the first few rounds, I think that's what they have to do with what's, what's the first few picks. I think the Seahawks are a little bit better at safety than a lot of people want to give them uh, credit for. They lost so much. In the, in the I, I get it, but they, they're not the Legion of Boom, but they're not god-awful. And, I mean, this is a super, super deep safety class. So, I mean, they could get a, a safety, you know, possibly in round four that could could move into a starting role for them. But my spot for for the Seahawks is actually going to be wide receiver as well. Mine's different as well. 
So, I mean, I, I who, who are you as welling? They, they've been content with having these like dumpster truck water receivers forever and just run, running the ball. Well, the thing with the Seahawks is they really only need one. They've, yeah, man, they've always they, operated with uh, one. one. Doug Baldwin's been that one. He's been there for like 15 years. Yeah. You know, it feels like he's been there forever. That, they just need one. He's just, I mean, he's got bum knees. He's consistently hurt. If they could find somebody that, you know, finally have a, an elite physical talent at wide receiver, it'd go a long ways for the Seahawks. Yeah, and I mean they've won. They've won with Doug Baldwin as their their main guy. But I mean, just look at Doug Baldwin's stats. He's like an, a nine hundred yard guy. You know, he might catch nine touchdowns, but he's not dominating anyone. He's a great route runner. I mean, I'm, I don't hate Doug Baldwin. I think he's a fine football player. But they need some. They need a game breaker wide receiver. And that guy's not Doug Baldwin. Doug Doug Baldwin's really better suited for a number two role. Yeah, like I said, I think they need two. You know, one, not two, and that's. After Baldwin's for sure done, but I actually have Seahawks going for two as well on my list, and it's defensive end. Right now, on recently on Twitter, Frank Clark said simply said they lied to me, and everybody's looking into that and some other tweets that he's posted. And it doesn't look like he's going to sign his franchise tender with Seattle, and Seattle needed a defensive end before even locking Frank Clark up. Mm -hmm. So with Frank Clark looking unlikely to sign, I think they got to go for two on defensive end. And I think they got to do it quickly because they've lost a lot over the years. Yeah. In every, in every position, neither one of, you know, none of the three of us are wrong by any means. They have, they have what Clark and Bobby Wagner on defense. Yeah. Yeah. That's Uh, basically it. it. If they don't have Frank Clark, they're going to have to go for two, especially in a draft that's so deep at defensive end. Yeah, it's a Clark thing that actually comes to fruition. They have to address that. Yes. I do agree with that. You're right. If if he just tells them point blank, like, I'm not going to do it, I'll sit out. Yeah. yeah. If I had to give him some players real quick, I think Cleveland Farrell on one side and little-known guy O'Shane's the mines out of Old Dominion. Mm-hmm. Seahawks know how to take small names and, and make them big. And they, they, they like the Raven stuff, going with those Awunasar-type names as well. So the mines, that'll work. Arms, so I'm, I'm going to stay in the West out here, and I mean, I, I think the Cardinals. They listen. I, I think Christian Kirk's been fine, but listen, we got to understand that Larry Fitzgerald is still a great teacher, but he's no longer a great football player. He's solid, but he's not great. His time is coming to an end far quicker than anyone wants to admit. I feel like the the Cardinals really need to address wide receiver in this year's draft class, and they need to address hard. It's not pick 101, but they've got the first pick in round one, two, three, four, and five. I mean, go for two. You've tried Michael Floyd. You've tried the Browns. I mean, you they keep swinging and missing on wide receiver. And once again, I think I think Kirk's going to be okay, but I don't see Kirk as being an elite prospect at wide receiver. Jerron and John, just in case you thought he meant Cleveland Browns, that's yeah. the Browns he is discussing. <laughs> yeah, but they've they've got opportunity, you know, to get possibly. And I, I project uh, Nikhil Harry higher than this, but if Nikhil Harry falls to two one. That's a really solid Larry Fitzgerald eventual right. replacement. Especially if you're loading, especially if you are making the pick of Kyler Murray. If that does happen, who's he throwing to? And, and exactly. you're right. I've got the same thing on my list. I think the Cardinals have to go for two at wide receiver. I don't think it necessarily has to be super early, but I think starting in round three, you might want to think about reeling off two in a row. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's 32 picks or more because you know, obviously, like going in the third round with the compensatory and everything, but. Like they've got to address it, and then there's talent there. It, I mean, you're looking at possibly like a, a like 
David Sills might might not be drafted. A lot of people are thinking. Oh no! Way. I, I think he's going to be. But if you can get him at five one, you're stealing. It's actually sad that um, Jennings is actually starting to catch more, you know, steam now more than Sills is. I mean, if it, it, just think about this. So let's say that you go uh, Nikhil Harry at two one, and then you end up with with Jennings because Sills is gone yeah, at five one. Yeah, Jennings would be like a six or seven maybe. But yeah, yeah, but you're yeah, it's, but it's you're still fine. good. You're fine. You you've got two two receivers that can help, maybe not be stars, but help definitely solidify your team and provide what, something. What appears to be <laughs> Kyler Murray, what it's looking, you know, all accounts think it's going to be Tyler Murray, to give him some weapons. Neil, who's your next go for two? Give us some, give us some info. Give us some good stuff and a couple guys you like to the team you're getting ready to talk about. I also think Steelers. I think they will actually load up on linebackers. I don't think they're really. Excited about going to Vince, what Vince Williams and all that. I think they're going to load up. They did get Mark Barron. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, a we, bit on we love Mark Barron, but I also think they will probably be going, uh, addressing linebacker pretty heavily. I don't disagree with that. That is one of their biggest needs, even though they brought in Barron. So I got no no qualms with that at all. I'm gonna I'm gonna drop my next bombshell since we're going in that direction. The this this possibly should have been my number one go for two. But the Texans, even though I have them taking Irv Smith in the first round, that team needs offensive linemen terribly bad. Mm-hmm. They let Deshaun Watson get sacked a league-high 62 times. He's He is their franchise player. And he Debatable, is, him and Hopkins. I was but you say, got, but he's a franchise quarterback. He's a though. franchise quarterback playing with maybe the best receiver in the league, and he's getting sacked 62 times? That can't happen. That cannot happen. If you want Deshaun Watson to take it to the next level and get the ball out quicker to guys like Will Fuller, maybe Will Fuller don't get hurt if Deshaun Watson isn't running for his life. So the more Will Fuller runs, the more likely a snap is going to happen in his hamstring or his knee. Or can cut get that guy some offensive linemen. Can cut block on broken plays. Absolutely. <laughs> so the, and this is a weird draft class for him because so let's say we go offensive tackle. I, I tried to just so we're clear mm-hmm. with mine. I try to focus on fantasy impact type players. But they've got pick 23. The number two offensive tackle could fall that far. You know, like, it's entirely possible. This is a weird draft class. It's very defensive heavy. You know, some good pass rushers, some great defensive tackles. You know, if you uh, saw linebackers thrown in there, some real good safeties. And, of course, we know quarterbacks will, will get overvalued. You could easily see the number two or number three. You could see Jonah Williams going at pick 123 to him. Like that's entirely possible. I don't see any, you know, them getting a Joan Williams at two twenty two, but the players are there to where they, you know, would need to. They there is enough players, enough quality players as far as offensive line in this year's draft. I mean, they're there. Pick them, address the need, and protect your freaking future. Yeah, I do think the, I think the offensive linemen are actually good. Faster than people think they are. They're not going to be dropping like flies. I mean, they're not. They're going to drop like flies. I think. Really? They're so, not. I mean, yeah. I don't. I don't believe that the teams are going to sit there. Like, which a lot of teams need offensive line help, and they're not going to let them pass. They're not going to let the, the top prospect just go by them. But this is an incredible uh, offensive draft. Once, once we're talking about um, talking about our interior offensive line, even most of the tackles project to possibly be a guard. And I mean, let's just call a spade a spade here. The the Texans need offensive line all the way across the board. Right. I mean, once again, it's not like all the sacks came from the outside. 
came from the inside. I mean, they, they are in a spot to where they literally pick in the second round 22nd, 23rd. So back to back, they could go guard, guard, you know, tackle guard and have a, a real solid two starters good to go for the next 10 years. I mean, I, I'm with you there. I, I like the uh, the Texans getting some offensive line. And they, they could probably find a way to, to nab Andre Dillard and maybe a Greg Little later on from Ole Miss. They just need prospects, and they can't be late-round prospects. They've got to spend at least two of their first five picks, in my opinion, on offensive line. See, Dillard is, uh, I think, starting to get a lot of steam to possibly move up into the mm-hmm. you know, middle of the second round. He, he is. He I, is. Had him, I had him in the first round on my mock. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, you never know. I mean, a lot, I know at the beginning of the uh, the, the offseason he wasn't projected as a first-rounder, but if you can find someone like that to fall to 222, you are in great shape. Who are we on? Neil Dale? I believe it's on Neil. So, Neil, who who you got next in the uh, go for two segment? Well, I believe the Colts will take two tight ends. <laughs> <laughs> I almost said that, actually. <laughs> I mean, just to get a nice, solid five rotation, yeah. you know? They're definitely lacking, right? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Mo Alley Cox could start for, you know, 27 teams in the league. But I don't the, know about that. The Colts are lacking. Um, I, I could see... Redskins dipping into the wide receiver pool also. I, I got that on mine as well. I, I think two quarterbacks and two wides would be smart, but I don't know if you can do that. In Literally, one it, the exact same notes for myself. Yeah. I mean, if you who falls to one fifteen, it do they? Here's the thing: even if I take, if I make a trade to get Josh Rosen, the, I may also still address quarterback in this year's draft. Skins are either trading up or not taking a receiver at that spot, though, the first one, I think. I think they might trade back and then get a receiver or something, but that's where I want Harry to go. I think he'd be a good spot for him. I, I mean, I you guys know I had him at, I think, three, considering we don't allow trades in our, our mock, but, I mean, if if he falls to 15 to him, and I they've got... I still think 15's too early. I miss for any of them, really, even though I think DK will probably go sooner than that, but still... Well, I mean, they they need somebody. They need a game breaker because obviously the Josh Dotson experience or experiment didn't work out, um, or hasn't thus far. And then of course Crowder's gone. So yeah, I mean, they, I actually um, with the skins, I actually have them going double quarterback once again. We don't project trades, um, and just hey, take take a shot at one fifteen. See what you get if you get a Drew Lock. If you're looking at you know Daniel Jones is the only one left. I mean. You've got to address quarterback until you get a quarterback, don't you? Yeah. I mean, we know that. So in the third round, who's there? I mean, if Will Greer's there, which I don't think he will be, you're in great shape. You know, I I, th- I personally like Will Greer better than I do Drew Luck or not Drew Luck, excuse me, um, Daniel Jones. But you've got to take two shots on him because last time they did it, it worked out. Yeah, it did. And I and I got to say, I think the Redskin the Redskins would be that team that even though. They need so much talent, and you think this is not a team that should be moving back. I think it is a team that should be moving back. I think they should move back, grab a guy like Greer, then sink a couple picks into maybe a J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, and then go for like the bigger body guy in Anthony Johnson in Buffalo. Try to get prospects, and then add a quarterback again, maybe a Jarrett Stidham later in the draft. People are hollering that family guy, too. I think it was Ryan Finley, Ryan Finley, yeah, Finley uh, yeah. North Carolina State. I, I mean, they got to load up. He's they, catching steam. They're going to have to make some moves to get more picks to load up. They can't 
they cannot sit on the amount of picks they have right now and comfortably be happy with this draft. The time is now for them to start building. Just like a fantasy team. I mean, they're at a spot where they have so many positions of, of need that they need to trade back and try to acquire something better, try to acquire several players. Because, I mean, on the list of the Redskins, I've got quarterback, they need two. Wide receivers, they need you know to go for two. They really need a tight end. They need a linebacker. They, they, they need, I mean, in linebackers too. Two, yeah. They could go for two tight ends. I have linebacker too. Like they need to, to go for two linebackers. They don't have an answer to a lot of spots on their team. What do they have? Good safeties. I miss Chris Cooley. I guess about it. I they, miss Chris Cooley too. <laughs> yeah. Chris Cooley was a bad man. I was, I was thinking about that. I, was, I miss him. Isn't that the guy that kind of looks like me? He, he may. Mm. Cooley? Is it Cooley? No, Cooley's tight end. Who's the guy that kind of looks like me? Uh, I know who you're thinking of, but he's a lineman. Yeah, yeah, I know. Defensive end, I think. Yeah. Gosh, it's been so long. I can't remember. I can't either. It doesn't matter. His brother went to Michigan. I do know that. All right. Because, I I mean, all jokes aside, I actually looked. I stumbled across it. It's the picture of uh, Jim Harbaugh. And I, what is, I can't remember this guy's name and his brother on the couch whenever he's recruiting him to go to Michigan. And I'm I Trent I, Murphy. Trent Murphy. Yeah, I thought somebody had photoshopped me into that picture <laughs> because I'm an Ohio State fan. I'm like, dude, who did this? Right. Like, who did this? And I'm like, that that's not no, that's not me. Okay, yep, Trent Murphy. My God, you could be my brother, except for you're you know six foot seven, I think. Right, big fella. Next going for two for me. The Eagles, man. We we forget fairly easily the Eagles just lost Jordan Hicks to the Cardinals. And who the heck did they even have before that? Like, who did the Eagles have at linebacker before they lost Jordan Hicks? <laughs> I don't even know. The only two linebackers in recent memory I can think of that were Eagles are Michael Kendricks, who's not an Eagle and not a law-abiding citizen, <laughs> and, and, and Hicks. So I think that the Eagles are a team that absolutely, no matter how bad they need this or that, They've got to get some linebackers on that team. How many picks do they have? Um, They've got five in the first four rounds. There you go. You can afford to take two linebackers. They need linebacking core. They need need the defensive backfield. They need running backs. They've got Jordan Howard, and they've got guys that are underperforming but could be. Corey Clement. Are you going Wendell to, Smallwood? I'm not saying they're great, but those are backup caliber you're guys literally, to Jordan Howard. You're piecing things together, and I, I, I hope Jordan Howard can kind of rebound. But you're piecing things together and just hoping it all works out. Of course, hell, that's Eagles' way. So why is, there, is there a running back in this draft of value over getting a couple linebackers? No, but I mean, if you can, if you can get end up with a top flight linebacker at 125, a good linebacker at 221, you've still got 225. Michael Bauer. We'd love to hear you chime in on this. He's an Eagles fan. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah, Bauer, give us give us your uh, your takes on <laughs> on the Twitter. Just who do you want? But if I was an Eagles fan, I want a couple linebackers. Here, here's what I'm bad. saying: based on just draft position, who's going to be there at 225? You're going to have possibly a Damian Harris, possibly a Travion Williams, possibly a Bryce Love, and then Travion's going to last till at least the third okay, minimum. But we drop down to the fourth round. And you've still got most likely Benny Snell, Mike Weber, Miles Gaskin. You've got some guys that are that are have a lot of potential. Are are they great? No. But are they better than Jordan Howard? Quite possibly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, I, I get Jordan Howard is he's a band-aid on their problem. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think the Bears, for whatever reason, gave up on Jordan Howard they too did. quickly. They he, that dude was an absolute beast his rookie year. What happened? 
I don't I don't think it was Jordan Howard declined in his second year in the league. The scheme. The, the scheme. Everything changed. Everything has been changing in Chicago. So, of course, the new regime comes in and they see that they don't have a do-it-all back because he's not. He's not. He's a runner. He's not. But the Eagles were looking for a not-do-it-all back. They wanted a grinder. That's why they brought in a Jai. It didn't work out. Jordan Howard's perfect for the Eagles if that's what they're looking for. He's to definitely do. more athletic uh, than J.J. <laughs> he's a better running back, too, bar none. Yeah. I think he, he doesn't have a 250 yard game. Yeah, he's not a fa- he's not a fantasy. You know, you don't want to go out grabbing Jordan Howard in fantasy. I'm just saying for the Eagles, Jordan Howard filled a huge need. Not, I don't think that running backs a need for them anymore, unless you want to blow a sixth or seventh on a guy that could be a good backup for you. If you have, uh, I'll be honest with you, you kind of punt the position. You go high on a running back, go wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, tight end. Like I wouldn't be terribly upset getting a Howard in the fifth. Just saying. They need the defenses to be to actually stop. I'm the talking league. about fantasy wise guys. Oh, yeah. Fantasy. Oh, okay. Okay. I was about to say, say do what now? The Eagles do what tight end? What? <laughs> no, no, no. No, they the least tight end needy team in the league is the Eagles. Absolutely. hundred mm-hmm. percent. All right, who are we on? Going for two. Who's next? It's me. Oh it, Neil's excited. He's like, yeah. He's so excited. It was kinda of I am I am it's me. It's me. I'm excited because I really think the Pats will be taking the two tight ends. Mm. I, I, I'm, so, I'm, I'm. I don't lock disagree. It up, lock it up on I that do. one. I disagree with it. I, I, they've got so many. They have a bunch of young guys we haven't heard of yet. That's that's who the Patriots really do well with is those young guys we've never heard of. They have like three young tight ends they've drafted over the past two years. One of those guys are going to get a chance with an Austin Safarian Jenkins to be that second option. But I do believe that the. They would be greatly. If you're a second option to Austin Safarian Jenkins, you are not an option. No, 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 no. You, you, <laughs> again, the second option, one of those young guys, or Austin Safarian Jenkins. I think they need to draft a tight end in the first round. Yeah, if Irv a, Smith it, falls, it, it, I was going to say, if Irv Smith's there, you take Irv I Smith. Think, I think the perfect combination of being grabbing Irv. Then Jay Slater down in the third round. So I think you just grab Irv, and one of those young guys or ASJ can be the second option. We're not going to get another Gronk and Aaron Hernandez. I mean, that was a killer combination. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> arms about spit mm-hmm. beer. Killer combo there. It was party time all the way with those two. But, Guarantee it. But I, they don't need to do that again. I, I, they just need one high draft guy and then take their – core of young guys and try to get a can, second can we also just point out their other huge position need that they've they, they, been at a position need for like seven years they should probably draft two but of those they as need well. wide receivers and this has have the this, pick, so. this draft has some depth i mean they're picking uh god six times one two three four five six times in the first three rounds like they can address wide receiver and end up i mean obviously you know they they have edelman like i get it but he the guy's like 5'2". You know, he's a little baby man out there. He's a great receiver. He's really solid, got great hands. But they need someone who can go up and get it. They yeah, Demarius Thomas. Did you forget that already? Once again, they need wide receiver because, you know, when Demarius Thomas tears his Achilles, you know, walking onto the practice field week one, they just need to address something. And even if, let's say Demarius Thomas is solid this year. He's old. He's like 31, 32 years old. Mm-hmm. And, you know... It's this isn't three years ago, Demarius Thomas. Like he declined quickly. You know, Demarius Thomas kind of fell off of a cliff from what he was. I think they they go for wide receiver here, and I in a big way, and they might even let's say 
and it's the Patriots. You know, you don't know what the hell they're going to do. You know, they they're going to do it right. I can tell you that much. But if they go, you know, pick two thirty two, pick uh, nine three nine, and pick three thirty three at wide receiver, one of them's going to be good. Nice. Heck, they could leave thirty two out and just pick three in the third. <laughs> Bada boom. Is it on me? Yes. Sure. sure, I don't care. Want to go one more on this segment, and we'll wrap it up. You got. Or do you have a ton? I, oh, I've got I, I'm, several. I'm getting down to the nitty gritty on mine, but I want to throw one more surprise in there. And I, and I think it's the Chiefs need to draft two wide receivers. I agree. Because honestly, is Tyreek Hill going to be suspended? Is he going to be banished? Is he going to be cut? What's going to happen with Tyreek Hill? We're not hearing much, but he is in some trouble again, and he has been in trouble in the past. And if you've got a franchise pro bowl superstar quarterback and chaselet patrick mahomes we, <laughs> we love chase around here you if you've got that guy in patrick mahomes you cannot leave the cupboard bare at wide receiver because you you want to tell me it's going to be sammy watkins and who after tyree kill gets suspended if and that even happens, if tyree kill's not suspended like you got to realize sammy watkins is an okay at best wide receiver in the nfl he's above right. average they no, he's not. He's barely above average. He's above. Sammy Watkins is above. Average. He might literally be average. If he did like average. The, he's like a seventy rating. I, I love Sammy, but he, he's and I get athletically. Sammy Watkins is one of the best in the league. He's above average. Productively, yeah. he's just not. Who, who's an average receiver in your opinion? And don't say Sammy. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> I mean but, but I mean honestly, one of the one of your favorite average wide receivers in the league. I mean, what, what are we talking? So starters, like I feel like Robert Woods is average. Robert Woods is way better than average. If Robert Woods was average, talent wise, I think teams, Robert Woods is an average. Teams receiver. would not need anything if if Robert Woods mm-hmm. was average. It, Robert Woods is a real solid number two, and to me, that's what an average receiver is—a solid number two. Man, mind blown over here. I think is, is Dante, Robert Woods. Let me ask you: Is Robert Woods number one? There is no number one in St. Louis. It's L.A., but okay. Stephen, San, Stephen San, A. San Diego. Hey, he was right. There's a number San one. Diego. But there is no number one. Robert Woods can be your 1-1 one, one game. Cooks, Cup, those guys are – that's a whole different situation down there. But Robert Woods has put up number one numbers since he's went down there with Brandon He's, he's done well. but Aver, like, Average to me is a Dante Moncrief. So I think Dante Moncrief is below average. What is your average? I once again, I, I feel like a solid number two is what where average is. No, what? I mean, are, are, there's 700 receivers in the league, Barker. Are we saying the, so? Are they they're the all, 300 the 350th wide receivers? What average is? They're all below because that a- guy caught 42 balls for 12 yards last year. We're not even talking I mean, fantasy. We're we're talking. We could be though. Okay, an average wide receiver. You don't even really roster in fantasy. Unless you just got him on your... I guess I'm looking at it from a fantasy aspect, and that's where I feel like you, uh, Sammy Watkins is average. To me, an average receiver is the number three and below on every team. The Randall Cobbs. It, Those are starters. <laughs> I mean, it, it starters, not, but not, not, not every team. team. Okay, uh, Cole Beasley what kind of show, what, Hold on, what kind of show are we run? An mean? NFL show or a fantasy show? It's a mixture of both. Today it, is, definitely. It, it always apparently, is. Apparently. Apparently it is because just, Sammy Watkins. I don't like Sammy, Sammy Watkins. Hey, listen, we don't like Sammy, but you, he's man, above I love average. Sammy. You put Sammy on a team, right? Does the team net better? 
What are they net better than they were last year? Yeah, because he's an above average wide receiver. That's why teams keep signing him to big deals. I'm not going to bat for Sammy as being like. To me, there's average, above average, and then there's Sammy Watkins. Apparently, good, really good. I just think Sammy Watkins Pro Bowl and elite. There's so many different levels. I I can't just take like Sammy Watkins is a good wide receiver three on a lot of teams. That's not average to me. That's my that's my that's my wide receiver. <laughs> not so, really. So, I don't so like the, the numbers I go average. by is a, a wide receiver one for fantasy purposes. We're twittered is an above average wide receiver, a wide receiver three, which is someone you're kind of probably not exactly ecstatic with having on your fantasy team. That is a below average wide receiver. Okay, Sammy Watkins, you're probably slightly disappointed by having him as your wide receiver too. You're you're more than disappointed. Just, You're pissed off about talk, it. I was just talking about the average. I, I just, to but, me, but, an average again, wide receiver you know, is like a thirty catch guy. So Cordero Patterson. Average, You're saying average, he's an average wide receiver. He's an average. He's a tra- he's, he's a trash wide receiver. He's he's a little below average, but he's not really a wide receiver three on anyone's team. Taylor Gabriel is average. Okay. Sammy Watkins is better than Taylor Gabriel. <laughs> Just saying. Agree, That's a agree, agree to disagree. I, I think Sammy Watkins is trash. Anyways, continue, Arms. I'm going to post a little Twitter. Post. I don't even know where the heck I'm at. But here's what I will say. Here's here's, here's on the last um going, uh, going for two and with no, I Chiefs. do I do agree with the Chiefs. Um, my next team to go for two is going to be the Jags at tight end. And I do think they have their solution if they and this is going to be way high to go. Uh, for a tight end because they don't typically go this side. But if they go at pick 1-7 to get a tight end, you know, you're going to get a Hawkinson or a Fant. You know, they're going to be available. But if if they wait a little bit and try to hope that a Nerve Smith falls to them at 2-6 or, you know, um, who's the kid you were talking about earlier? What? Which one? The tight end. What? Uh, as a first-round prospect or like no, third-round case? Yeah. Or but, or they could even get the kid out of what, San, San Jose State. You know, if they go for something like that in the the mid to late third, they've got three five and three thirty four. They're gonna they need to address tight end because they've it's just been a hole there. I mean, heck, they've signed people, but nobody's ever produced. I mean, Julius Thomas goes there after producing like a thousand yard season, and it's nothing. What do they have? Daniel Fells a couple years. I mean, they just don't have tight ends. In Jacksonville, it finally needs to be addressed um, because I think I, I'm actually high on the receiving cord. They've got a, young, a lot of young talent. Someone needs to emerge, but that that is the biggest position of need, in my opinion, on that uh, on that offense. Keep it going, fellas. I really love what you're laying down. I'm picking <laughs> up what you're putting down. I can see Falcons get more defensive line help too on the left end. They just keep drafting the same guy, though. But, but they have the right side. Vic, Vic, but, but now they're actually one. They've had. They've been slated slated to take a bunch of middle interior linemen, also. So I, I've seen a lot of that. So I can see them actually grabbing two of those. I mean, can, can we agree that Vic Beasley and Tack McKinley are basically the same guy? We can. I mean, I mean why did both of them first round draft picks? Yeah, it's what, like, it's what, like a year, two years apart. They're they're starting to do like what the Buccaneers have done. Not well. A lot. What's basically they take defensive line every year. <laughs> yeah, um, and it, it's worked out in the past. Not so much in recent history. Right. Um, I will also go with. 
I think another position need, and this is going to be more because they don't really have any great picks available. I think uh, Dallas actually needs to address tight end. Listen, I understand Jason Witten re- you know, came back, blah, blah, blah. He's 160 years old. They still old. need to address tight end. But they're picking at 226, 326, 426, and 434. Like, you've got to find somebody to replace J- Jason Witten. When your solution to tight end is signing a guy out of the Monday night football booth, you did not solve your tight end problem. He retired because the game is starting to pass him by. I wish Miami would sign Tony Romo. <laughs> yeah, be nice, right? I mean, be be solid. I thought you were really high on Ryan Fitzpatrick. I do like Ryan Fitzpatrick, but just as a stopgap, I have no, I have no uh, misconception that he's going to be the guy that takes us anywhere. I'm just happy with him being the stopgap. Like if I have to wait on a rookie, I want to wait on that rookie behind Fitzpatrick because six, seven games in. I'll get to see that rookie. He'll be a little more ready than he was at the start it, it, of the season. It's better than a Bridgewater or Tyrod Taylor or something like that, no, right? No, I, I actually wanted Bridgewater. Like, I can't lie there. I wanted Bridgewater and then us to address quarterback in round two or three as opposed to round one. But, you know, if, if Fitzpatrick is the guy, then I hope we take a quarterback in round one and they go the route of hopefully Patrick Mahomes and wait a year to start. But I like I just like Fitzmagic. If my team's gonna suck, I at least want to have a player I really like on it. And who don't love Ryan Fitzmagic? I mean, dude, he's basically a giant Conor McGregor. I mean, he's awesome. I, whenever I first saw that, I'm like, is that is that Conor McGregor? Yeah. No, it's not. Just out of character, Neil, did you already address Carolina? I did not. Can we all agree that Carolina needs a big receiver? Yeah, Carolina needs. I mean, they've got like four, well, five foot ten guys or under that are fast, quick, and catch the ball. Yeah, I mean, I keep saying his name, but they they could use an Arcega Whiteside, yes. you know, and later on round two of the draft, a Harmon, someone like that, if he's available. Yeah, they could use one, but man, they've they've invested a lot I mean, of capital in it, so I don't I don't know if they're going to do it. They should have really been on the lookout for a free agent. They should have grabbed like a a Tyrell Williams in this class, free agent. Yeah, class. Yeah, but all the reports I've seen that hasn't taken like a bunch of D line. Yeah. They, I mean, they do also need uh, pass rushers. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you that much because, I mean, their pass rushers that they have are either not that good or old. So, yeah, I, I don't disagree What's there. What's age got to do with it? Um, everything. Uh, everything, yes. So I'll, I'll go on to, uh, since you, I think, only had one left, what about the Bills? I'm done with my go for two. What is it, I mean, the Bills have a lot of holes. What, what would you think? D-line. Running back. D line is what I got for the Bills. The, the Bills are in desperate need of running. I think right I now. think the Bills have already cashed check in. They're, they're happy with just having Lashawn and and Frank Gore this but, year. Yeah, they they did bring in T.J. Yeldon for a visit. So I mean that that could that's be an a upgrade signing. from what they have right that, now. I agree. Well, they I got the I mean, of course they got what the grumpy old men right now. But, <laughs> but I think I think they're fine. For, I think they won't address too much there. Maybe one. But I think they're going to just, they're going to just let it ride with those two guys right now. So at pick one nine, I think they're going to go defensive line. Okay, but just, just to add real quick, I think they've got one of the best running backs in the league in Josh Allen. <laughs> the Bills are fine. Josh Allen's going to have a thousand yards on the ground this year. It's going to be great. Unfortunately, he's a quarterback, and you can only take so many hits well, you before know. you, you know, jack up your arm. He's a big Wyoming. I think it'll work out just fine. But even if they wait and let. You know, go a different route in uh, round two. So they're at two eight, they're at three ten, they're at four ten, they're at four twenty nine. You know, is there a Justice Hill available? Is there a Mike Weber available? I mean, Elijah Holyfield, Karan Higdon. I mean, Miles Gaskin, Benny Snell. Those guys are going to be there in at least in the early fourth. You know, address because what you have now is even if it works this year, 
it's not going to work for much longer because the wheels are falling off. Those guys are freaking dry rotted. They're so old. I mean, dry it, it just, it is what it is. They've got to move on from, from the uh, geriatric ward. You're and, saying they got shiplap for legs? Yes, I have shiplap on my walls. All right. I just put it out the other day. But no, I mean, I'm just saying, you, you address what you've got, you know, your, one of your biggest offensive needs, because I actually think they're okay at wide receiver. I mean, they do need tight end, but they're just not in a position where they can take the luxury of a tight end in the first round. Are you ready to call some busts? The okay. draft is next Thursday. Let's bust them out. Okay. I'll, I'll start us out. I, honest to God, I don't know why. I think Marquise Brown's a bust. I have him put it down. Think he's a bust. I, I I just don't like the hype. I you know if you want to talk about health, also. a guy that could have a Sammy Watkins like career, I I think it's Marquise Brown. I'll stake a wide receiver. DK Metcalf yeah, we, is a bust. We all got that. I think sadly. I mean, yeah. I mean, I get it. Physical traits are spectacular, but does that make a great receiver in the NFL? And I I challenge sometimes. No. Sometimes, Calvin Johnson was raw when he came in the league as well. Yeah. I mean, there, there were some big guys that were raw. I'm not going to bat for DK Metcalf. I'm 50-50 on him. I don't want to call him a bust. Certainly, I'm not calling him a star. I think he's a 50-50. I won't be surprised either way. I think people are going to get so enamored with what he looks like and how fast he is that he's going to be way overdrafted in fantasy. He's going to be way overdrafted in the NFL, whereas the guy really should probably be a second to third round pick. He's going to go in the first, and you're going to regret it. He's not going to be a number one on your team at any point in his career, in my opinion. You're saying DK Metcalf looks like a bitch? <laughs> then why you try to <laughs> like a bitch, Brett? <laughs> <sighs> you call me Brett? Never watched Pulp Fiction, apparently. Yeah. I didn't know they called him. He said Brett right there. He did say Brett. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry. he did. Then why are you trying to <laughs> like a bitch, Brett? <laughs> okay, my bad, my bad. That's some tasty soda. I'll, I'll go out, call it. You guys know I've said it before. Kyler Murray. Yeah, that, that, Kyler, uh, that's, a, that's a given on that hurts one. Hurts my soul. Kyler hurts. Murray's. I don't even want to get on this conversation. We've talked about Kyler Murray for the past two months. We we got to switch it up. But it hurts my soul, and we all knew that. Neil, give us a bust. Well, we've already talked at length about Paris Campbell being a bust. I, mean, <clears throat> I 100% agree. And I'm also not big on Locke either. I, I, I think, I, 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 I'm not either. I, I'm not real big on Locke either, but I, I tried. I went back and looked again uh, yesterday to make to get more information on him. I, I still don't see it. So, sometimes you. those risers are dangerous, and he's he's rising very realistically. Me. What's the difference between Drew Locke and Jake Browning? <laughs> you know what I mean. Like Jake Browning's nowhere near the first round. No, he's but you've got maybe Drew, undrafted. But you've got Drew Locke as project, projected as the number two or three quarterback coming off the board. Like the guy has yeah, got a lot of bust potential to him. Could could he be Drew or not Drew, um, Ben Roethlisberger? Sure. But what I mean to me, like, what's the difference between him and say, like, let's talk about earlier in Finley? I mean, yeah. like, to me, yeah, that's no, what I'm, I'm saying. Looking, it's like I don't see it. We're I'm, talking guys that are way down the board, 50, and people 50. are like Drew Locke. He's going to be a stud. Why? <laughs> I'm 50 50 on him. I think he could be Blake Bortles. He could be Carson Wentz. I, I don't know. I just. So he, just, he could be mediocre or hurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't love him. I, I think Daniel Jones is more of a bust. I kind of liked him at first, but the more I keep looking at the tape, not that great under pressure. That, that usually calculates. I, to I, a I bust. a lot of those guys, this is 
even like as much, even, yeah, even Haskins has isn't that great under pressure because he didn't see it that much. Well, even it's a little, uh, a little worrisome for we, him too. That might be yeah. why he's falling down the board. But we, I, I, I toot Will Greer's horn all the time, but he's not. He's like almost like Drew Drew Bledsoe esque. If you get him off the off a spot, he's not very good. His ratings are terrible from that. No, don't no. necessarily disagree. Do you think? I mean, based on what he he ran, I mean, do you think Holyfield's going to get drafted at a decently high position? No, no. no. Okay, I was he's, just curious because if 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 so, like, just I've got no no he, faith in him. I think he wasn't the, a massive prospect to begin with. No, but a forty time could have helped him tremendously. Could have put him in like the third round conversation. But I think with what he ran versus him not being a high upside prospect, I mean, I think he's squarely on the fifth round radar right now. Which I which if if a team that I liked took him in the fourth round, I wouldn't be upset because I like Holyfield. Gotcha. I think Holyfield's good. He's gonna be in my steals category because I think he's gonna be one of the steals of this draft. I think we're just looking way too much into that forty time, but I think he could be a more athletic LeGarrette Blunt. And I'm not saying go draft him on your fantasy teams. I'm saying some team could be really happy with him. I got you. So I will say, I mean, there's a lot of people that still think Josh Jacobs is going to be the number one running back in this year's draft class. You call him bust? I think he's probably going to be the third or fourth. I'm not saying he's going to be a bust. I think he's going to be a serviceable back. But I think if you draft him as your 101, you're going to be disappointed in what you get. Daryl Henderson supposedly moving into the that's, that's I've heard. first round I've heard conversation. Lot, I've heard a lot about uh, Miles Sanders as well. But things like if Jacobs, like even though the people have him being the first overall taken as far as in the NFL draft, still maybe have him in the second round too. Yeah, but I, I, so I the guess value might, the value might not hurt you as bad. I agree. Franchise wise, I agree. But my, here's my thing: whenever you're sitting with the running backs, and you obviously they have two of them, right? Him and Damian Harris, and they have five. NFL offensive linemen, and they were okay, but not great. Like neither one of them are great. Neither one of them looked as good as Bo Scarborough. Like realistically, and Bo Scarborough went what fourth round? Was he even drafted? I mean, <laughs> the guy's a backup to Zeke. He'll never see the field. Well, no, he's he, not even. He's, he, a Seahawk. he's in Seahawks. He's Seahawks now. But thanks, Stephen A. But well, let me tell you about. He, let, me, originally, let me just tell you about Bo Scarborough. He was either, either drafted or signed, in, or signed by a Dallas. His agent took me out to dinner. He paid. But I, I just feel like you know, if, if that's who you're going to have as your number one uh, running back off the board, you're going to be disappointed with the production you get. Agreed. There's going to be two or three guys that are going to pass him. You know, Bryce Love. I mean, another guy that I think is going to be a steal for somebody in this year's draft. Agreed. Yeah, I'm happier. With the, I'm happier with like the guys that's in, in the five to ten range in the top few. So. Yeah. Well, like, why would you spend high draft capital on a guy like Josh Jacobs when you can grab, you know, a Bryce Love or an Elijah Holyfield so much later? Mm-hmm. Like, the, the you're right. The upside of Bryce Love is huge if he can just get it back on track. Jake Browning, if somebody takes him and makes him a project and gives him three years, you never know. He might not be that What's terrible. Kid, he looks yeah. more like Hackenberg What's the now. kid that came from Iowa that you liked? Cycling, running back? Oh, David Montgomery? Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah that's, that's a guy that I would be much happier taking in round three than Josh Jacobs in one. So to kind of dip back into the going for two, I had the Raiders going for two on uh, running back. And I can agree with whereas that. Whereas I'm not going to go with you know the fourth whoa, overall whoa, whoa, pick. Whoa, 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 Isaiah Crowell, son. <laughs> Once again, I have them going for two at running back. But if if we're ending up with you know in the second or third round, we let's say it, let's say 
because everyone loves Josh Jacobs. He goes off the board, you know, in the uh, in the the beginning of the second round. And the Raiders have, let's see, they have 1-4, one, 124, one, 127, 2-3, and 4-4. Four, four. Like, I'm not extremely mad to end up at 2-3 with Miles Sanders or even at 4-4 four, four, to end up with even a, a Devin Singletary or Bryce Love because of the injury concerns. If I can get Bryce Love at 4-4, four, four, I'm ecstatic. And mm-hmm. I have I have a starting running back. I have something better than I've had any point in the last two or three years. If Bryce Love, even if he went like you know round four, pick four, he he'd be top three pick in fantasy. As he should be, as he should be. Andrew gets turns aside. I'd still take. I'd, I'd take him in the top three. I think. I would think. I would like to update you, Arms, just because I'm okay with eating a little flack on it. Fifty four votes so far on our Sammy Watkins poll on Twitter. I asked. I also said, "Who's an average wide receiver? Name him." But also, we got a poll. Sammy Watkins, average, above average, good, or really good. Currently, you you got me. The average is forty eight percent. Forty eight percent of the voters think he's average. Thirty seven think he's above average. There's fifteen percent that thinks he's good. And thank God, zero for really good. Why didn't we put below average as an option there? Because he's not. <laughs> I mean. I- I don't know. Forty-eight percent said average. I, I can imagine probably forty would have said below average. Well, the names listed as name a average wide receiver. We've got Sanu, Aguilar, Adam Humphreys. Don't really agree with. Humphreys. I would literally take all three of those guys over Samuel. And Nunwa was average. Nunwa healthy? Yeah. Yeah. See, I think those guys are all above average because average is someone who's never had a good season to me. But we're is, talking is just a week in, week out. You know, he had three, one good season. three catch, fifty yard guy. He had one good season, one. I mean, I, I'm going to go ahead and punt and say the, his season with uh, with the Rams was garbage. He caught what ten touchdowns, nine touchdowns on thirty six catches. I know you hate this, but I don't believe a damn <laughs> thing you're saying. Like it, it was the flukiest, the flukiest number of touchdowns per catch I've ever seen. It's almost like with Jerome Bettis had like what. 12 touchdowns on like 200 yards. <laughs> oh, the three touchdowns and negative one yard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he, in the game, he had like three touchdowns, negative one yard. Like, that team got to the goal line more than any team in history, I think, and they handed it to Bettis. Of course, his average is who, who, who was the, the, the main running back at the time? They could get screwed up. He could, he always got poached by Bettis. Oh, gosh. Um, we, I feel bad that I forget this. Illinois. Bettis is running. Hold on. Richard Mendehall. Richard Mendehall, yeah. yeah. Mendehall wasn't Richard. that good. He was uh, no, not, at that point. He was better than Drew Bettis. He came out on Twitter and called Ben Roethlisberger racist, and then retracted. Ooh, Ben's not racist. Hmm. He's fine. He misspelled rapist. <laughs> oh dear. All right. So <laughs> and we any, lost both Steelers listeners. We have any more busts? Do you have any more busts, guys that are going to be taken? You know, pretty high in this draft that you think are a bust. Uh, it's going to be Brian Burns. Listen, I just the position need in a pass rush. He's just going to get overdrafted for what his actual skill set is. I agree with that. I actually kind of have him on my list of guys I'm not real high on too. Like I think he could be pretty good, but especially if he ends up a Packer, how many guys go to the Packers and end up busts on defense? I, I just I'm not that high on Brian Burns. I think in this loaded class that he's one of the weaker prospects that are projected like, to go in round one. He'll go to Steelers to be a Pro Bowl. Oh yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah absolutely. But no, I'm I'm sitting there looking at it, like there t- a lot of people are talking about him with you know a, a level near Bosa and Allen, and I just feel like they are so much better than him, you know, it, it, to me. And he, and he's going to be a first rounder. 
He's he's probably to me probably better slated to be a second rounder. You know, guy that you got to have a little bit more development with. His value would be better if he got drafted in the second. I mean, yes, yeah. absolutely. Fifty fifty, a lot of fifty fifty guys in the second. Sleepers. Let's start with Neil. Surely, you have someone that you love that isn't being talked about as much as they should be. Things like the guy I love. He, we've actually said his name a lot today, which I think Ruger. Well, I'm not going, but that's that's I'm done. Need to talk about that. No, I think I honestly think. Arcega Whiteside will be the best receiver taken. That's possible. I think That's he'll extremely be extremely possible. I'm not joking. I think he'll be no doubt about it, top five. And I think that this year's draft class will probably produce five legitimate fantasy uh, players on your team, five starters within the next two years. I, I mean, I watched like probably two, at least two hours of video on him yesterday. This, this, I was enamored, man. He like he he manhandles those guys. Uh, trust me. I I watched a lot of video yeah. on him on my on him myself. I mean, the guy just outbodies everyone. Yeah. Then I seen the stat that he has the most contested catches amongst the, the, anybody any any other wide receiver in this class. So he gets up, he boxes everybody out. He snags the he ball. He can go up and get it. Yeah. I mean, he, he's one of my favorite. I, I I'm trying to get a second in every draft that I'm in, mm. just in case he lands in a spot where I'm like, I gotta get him on my team. Yeah, but he's I'm really really high on him now. I mean, obviously, besides like Hawkinson being my number one guy, I'm the most high on. I think he might be number two now. So I, I, you know, I, you guys know how I am on Harry, but after him, because I think that he's going to be. Uh, there's a couple guys going to go above him, which is ludicrous to me. Uh, Luda, I, I, I think Anthony Johnson out of Buffalo. Like he to me, just to watch tape on him, he's pretty impressive. I get it. Like I, I always tr- kind of give a little bit of a knock when we're talking about small school guys, but Johnson mm-hmm. just looks like an absolute animal. Hey, Randy Moss is a small school guy. You're absolutely <laughs> right. You're absolutely right. Same so, conference, right? Yeah. Marshall, Marshall, baby. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, and uh, to, Jerry also, Rice too, so. to also stay at wide receiver. You, y'all, I, I can't get any deeper in my love for David Sills. I think someone's going to end up with, you know, that. Cooper Cup like pick someone who just well we took a flyer on the guy and he just so happens to be best wide receiver on our team. I I've got to throw a sleeper out there. I talked about him on our top ten running back show, and apparently there are some NFL scouts that are starting to see what I believe to be true, and I still think whatever team ends up with L.J. Scott out of Michigan State. They they're going to get a steal. To me, he's a steal. He's a major sleeper. He's a guy that you should grab in fourth round of your fantasy drafts or fifth if you play with a, a five round league. We do four, four round sixteen teamers. But I love L.J. Scott. L.J. Scott has got so much potential to be a solid NFL running back, and uh, he's Whiteside that you were talking mm-hmm. about and Scott. Those are my top two guys I'm looking to grab later in drafts. Love L.J. Scott. I put all my stock I can in the, in the white side. <laughs> I love that guy right now. So I mean, he's he's a real big guy. I want to yeah. say, isn't he like six four, six six, something in that range? Big, yeah, yeah. But, uh, bo- I, a heck of a body. I forget the the, the exact one, but he plays like he's enormous. So yeah. So you got it. You guys have a running back. Well, the, my running back that I have on here, L.J. Scott. Yeah, uh, or excuse me. Yeah, you said yeah, but bad. I do like L.J. But like. The guy has 737 attempts, so he's got some wear on his body. But I honestly think Benny Snell's going to be one of the better ones to come out. Dude had 48 touchdowns and 3,800 yards, and he averaged five and, almost five and a half. 
700 plus attempts is crazy. So he might have some wear and tear on him already. But 48 touchdowns and 3,800 yards in his time there. We talked about uh, one of my guys on a previous show. And I know you were high on Mike Weber. I think Mike yeah, Weber, he's a riser. Love Mike I, Weber. I think that he's going to be a pleasant surprise for a team. I mean, because as an Ohio State fan, you know, you watch Dobbins, and Dobbins is a pretty special running back, and there's a reason why he kind of kept Weber off the field. But I think Weber is an NFL talent. And in, in addition to him, I think Karan Higdon is going to be fine as well. I don't think he's going to be, you know, you know, as as terrible as a Chris Perry was. But, you know, he he's going to be something like – I don't know about necessary skill set, but as productive as, let's say, a TJ Yeldon is on your team. Mm-hmm. Something you're going to be happy to have, you know, a good flex position or, you know, a rotational number two. That's where I want him. That's where I think he'll, he'll will excel at. It's like that, you know, the third down guy, whatever. Yeah, so. Change of pace. I, I like at the quarterback position a guy. We talked about Miami being a go for two team, need to draft two quarterbacks. I'm really hoping that they sink a later round pick on Jordan Ta'amu out of Ole Miss. I think he's got all the tools to be a good quarterback in the league. He just needs coaching. He just needs patience. He just needs time. And I think if somebody puts the time into him and doesn't just throw him off to the side because he's not a top prospect, I think that he could end up being a solid NFL player somewhere down the line. So he's on my sleeper list. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hard disagree with you there. Hard no? Hard disagree. Hard no. Yeah, because um, I feel like if you have DK Metcalf and you know AJ Brown, decent and, tight end, and logged in, like you, you've I got, un- I understand that's why he's not a top prospect. Those guys made Lodge, him look great. Those but, guys made him look great, but you still have to have the tools to get it to him. Yeah, but I, I just I feel like you know whenever you're running Brown in the slot, whenever he really in, in the college games better suited to be on the outside. Why? Because your quarterback's terrible, and they need to make easier throws, shorter throws. I don't think he's, you know, got the uh, the touch and the power to uh, play outside the numbers. Are they, they going to have like eight guys drafted out of that school this year? Yeah, yeah. It's a good. It's going to be a good year for Ole Miss. It's, yeah. it's going to. It's going to be a lot. It's like, hey, you know what? Uh, we were seventh in our conference, but man, we put a lot of people in the NFL this year. Yeah, they don't. So, yeah, I'm just not a big fan of the the, the Ole Miss quarterback. Best, as far as fantasy impact, I don't know actually where I land. I think Chase Winovich is one of the least talked about guys out there, and I, I think that dude's a stud. Uh, I, I just like Michigan guys as much as you do, but that, that dude was an animal, was he not? It, but listen, he he was an animal in against easier competition, and I feel like whenever there was game plan against him, he just failed to show up. Yeah, you know, like the numbers of guy here, he had a, in his what in two seasons he had 148 tackles, 35 tackles for loss, 13 sacks. Those are crazy numbers. Okay, whenever you play against, you know, Big in, Ten competition in Indiana, in Big Ten, in Purdue, the, all these tough and, teams that everybody says all the time. No, there's the Big Ten has basically three, four teams every year, and other that's than that, it. <laughs> well, I mean, you can argue typically Michigan State, Ohio State, Michigan, which of course he's on Michigan, uh, Iowa, Wisconsin. You know, other than that, it's it's hot garbage, and he's playing against what Maryland and. Rutgers, yeah, you know what I mean. Like he's playing against a lot of weak competition yeah, but, but, to, to help hey, boost some stats. Uh, I, I've got no faith in Chase Winovich. No, Mitch. but well, I want to have the counter argument for that. Okay, Taco Charlton is a better prospect. No, than Chase no, Winovich. I want you to eat your own words here. Okay, okay. 
Nick Bosa's playing against the same people. <laughs> is he not? And Josh Allen is is probably going to be a better he, pass rusher than Nick Bosa. Uh, I'm saying, right, but but Winovich, but Winovich, man, he's everywhere. He was. He's was insane. I get tired of looking at him. I get tired of seeing his blonde hair flowing and making these tackles and forcing fumbles. Bosa, I mean, I think his career high is like eight and a half sacks. I, like I'm, I've made some arguments against Bosa, which get, gets me eaten alive on Twitter. Listen, I had this argument, not an argument. I love you, Stoops. I had this slight disagreement, and it, I was just speaking, you know, as a podcast guy, talking like a podcast guy. I'm sure Stoops knows it's all good, but me and Stoops were arguing over competition level of competition that that argument to me is out the window to me it's that's an old school way of thinking to look at like oh but it was in the big 12 or oh but it was here you know what guys from every one of these schools guys from every one of these schools make it and guys from every one of these schools fail they're I don't. I don't even care what the percentages are of who fails and who doesn't out of big schools small schools like you're gonna find guys that played against bad competition, that dominated, and can come in the league and dominate there too. Considering most of the, whole, the, the higher end, top tier Hall of Famers are from small, small schools. Even a like lot of them. The Shannon Sharps, the Jerry Rice's, all those guys. It's, Boom. Nice I mean, name. And, and if we're talking about production, I mean, like Michael Thomas, I think had what seven hundred yards. He was not year. that great of a receiver in college. I mean, that you. We've said this before too. Like sometimes you have to be willing to project. What a guy's going to do after college. Like these guys that are coming out of college, especially the early entrance, they don't know it all yet. Like they, yeah. they could blossom. The NFL not only brings in the best prospects, they have the best coaches, the best trainers, best strength, and conditioning. the best strength and conditioning. They know how to get the most out of these prospects. So, I hate the argument that oh yeah he did it against the Big Twelve. Well, he's probably going to do it against your NFL team. Yeah, too. but like the Michigan guys with Winovich, I think I think Gary's going to be a stud too. I do I do uh, agree with him. He's under, he wasn't used correctly according to the reports, and I think he's going to be a, a big steal for somebody. I got a name for I, you. I just Neil. feel like Winovich. Whenever we're talking about like a steal, we're talking pass rusher. I feel like someone who can get double digits fairly consistently, and I just don't see that out of him. I guess that's my argument back. I think the steal is where he's going, where I think he should go, is my opinion. Got a name uh, for you. So. Hopefully you like it. I, I think that another potential steal in the middle rounds is going to be David Long Jr. at inside linebacker. It can, I, it, can, I, it can happen. He has the tools. I'm projecting again. I'm projecting somebody to take a leap from college to the pros, and I'm going with not hometown, but – a boy right down from the road from us in Cincinnati. He's straight out of Cincy. Went to West Virginia. Mm-hmm. I like him. I like what he showed on tape, and I think he could be a good inside linebacker. Kind of not Darius Leonard like, but he's flying under the radar a lot like Leonard was. I mean, he's no Leighton Vanderash, but we love Leighton. That's for sure. No, that Wolf Hunter. What a great name. You guys want to project? Unless you got a few more sleepers, by all means, throw them at me. But if you don't, let's let's project a few trades before mm-hmm. we sign off. Like, where's Rosen go? Does anyone make a big move up? Does anyone make a big move down? What can you see happening? Here, here's what I'm going to say about Rosen. I think that he does not warrant a first-round draft pick in this year's draft. I think it goes all the way up to the draft. I think they take Kyler Murray, and, and every team calls their bluff. They're like, all right, fine, take Kyler Murray. And nobody's giving him, you know, a top 15 pick. It's going to be something in the second round. It, 
I don't think he's even worth that. I think he's a bad NFL quarterback, and I think he's going to continue to be a bad NFL quarterback. I understand they have more issues in Arizona than you know just him, but I think Rosen's going to end up as a second rounder. Um, could I see him going to the you know the Patriots? Yeah. Could I see him going to the Giants? Yeah. But my, my pick for Rosen. Uh, gosh, I'm probably going to say. I had I had it written down here and I can't even freaking find it. Damn it, I lost it. I make it easier for you though. Uh, Washington, sorry. Okay, Washington, they're two four. I think these trades I have figured out actually probably probably will actually happen. I think the Skins are going to trade up to get Haskins at five. Bucks are going to trade back because they're going to trade up. They're going to trade uh, trade up in front of the, of the Giants. And take Haskins. I think I, I think it's really good, it has a really good possibility of happening. Mm-hmm. And I think the Giants will be okay because I still think they right. will. I still think Locke is the guy for the Giants yeah, but, with their yeah, first pick. I, I I can really see that happening. Then um, I'm with you on that. Yes. So at that point, at pick 17, which the Giants have, I have them sending their pick to the Cardinals for Rosen at that pick. At 17. The Giants for pick seventeen. I think I think that's a fairly popular outlook, but I don't I don't think I ultimately don't think it happens. I, I think that the Giants stay put and, at that. I, I still think they take, they, Locke, they take Haskins, Locke, yeah. yeah. And I think seventeen is is a wide receiver or or you know something on defense. Because from what I've seen, they they obviously have made from reports the, the second round proposition to the Cardinals for him already. Which who knows if that's true or not. And the Cardinals may very well take that on draft yeah, cause, day. Yeah, because Cardinals are slated at, from what I've, from the talks I've heard. They want Cody Ford pretty bad, and they get, they're not going to take him at pick one, obviously. And if they pick, if they got in the seventeenth slot, they have a chance to actually get him there. I, I could see, I could see Miami being that team that that trades up and over panics, I guess, a little bit for Haskins. Like I, I think they would love if Haskins would fall to him. Which, according to a lot of reports, he's slipping a little bit in the draft. I don't believe that. I think right. that's a little bit of a smokescreen. Mm-hmm. So I think Miami could be that team that jumps up to do that. And I do think that Washington could be that team that, that sends like a second and maybe a conditional, maybe a next year third for Rosen. And I mean, I, from what I've seen also, I guess there's been talks of fit, if Finns, like say if, say if Haskins happens to go early, something like that. They could. Tra- I see them maybe trading their number thirteen to Texans because so Texans Texans can grab Jonah Williams. His fans have a lot of needs, so stockpiling picks might help them. And Texans would love to have Jonah Williams there. I could see Denver if one of the three, arguably three best quarterbacks, is not available, actually moving back out of pick one ten. I mean, not don't have a, a pair for him. But, you know, if they need a tight end, I think, you know, they, they can see if, if Fant's there, Hawkinson's there. Yeah, but can we move back a little bit and still get Irv Smith? You know, they, they've got some more needs than just quarterback. They, I mean, they need tight end, quarterback, inside linebacker. I could see them moving back out of that 10 spot. Yeah, but it seems like if, if um, Hawkinson actually did happen to fall, like, in the, in the teens, I think pass the trade up to get him easily. I've actually was thinking about the Patriots trading up, and it's not for a tight end. Now they had traded up for Baby Gronk, and that's what I did, I think. I, I thought they might consider trading up for a quarterback if something nah. someone starts slipping. I mean, if, if let's say Dwayne Haskins slips to 15, 
the Patriots can go after him. I don't see him being a Patriot guy. But, okay, let's say it's Drew Locke. Let's say someone that they're in love with. They like Daniel that, Jones better than Locke, but something like that. Okay, so let's, Daniel Jones is sitting right. there at 20. They move up from 32 to 20. They give up a third rounder to do so. Like, they've got they've got money to burn, so to speak. I could see the Patriots absolutely making a move up to get the heir apparent to Tom Brady. I'm going to give you a crazy one. I, I could see the Jets and the Cardinals swapping picks in round one. I can see the Cardinals dropping back to three, the Jets moving up to one, Jets making Quinn and Williams the number one overall pick in the draft, San Francisco still gets Bosa, and Arizona potentially still gets Kyler Murray if they want him. Reason I call that is because Quinn and Williams is kind of moving, moving up the draft mm-hmm. board. He was already a top five pick, mm-hmm. but I think just to secure their guy, the Jets jump in front of the 49ers, just in case they prefer, you know, him over Bosa. Yeah, but if I'm the Jets, I'm I'm ecstatic with, you know, Allen, Bosa, or Williams. I get that. But but when you really want your guy, and if Quinn and Williams is someone's guy at number one, because you you don't know, he could go at two, he could go at three. You may have to go up to one just to secure him. And word on the street is he's going to be a superstar. Well, I mean, okay. I'm not don't 100% disagree. Um, another team I can see making a move, the Colts, trying if a wide receiver of choice, let's say an A.J. Brown or someone starts to slip a little bit, they're at 126, maybe pair 325 to try to get up into the top 20 to get an A.J. Brown. Um, I, I don't think that they need Hollywood Brown, you know, because that's too much uh, T.Y. Hilton for me. Nobody too, needs Hollywood Too Brown. much of the same thing. But if A.J. Brown starts to slip a little bit uh, in, into the early 20s, you know, high teens, I can see the Colts making a move to try to pick him up. I do see Colts making a move, but I see them making a move for defensive line. I I have them addressing defensive line twice in this draft. So, But my thing is they also – I mean, there's more than one need. And it's a good team, but they do have more than one need. Tight end's not one of them. I do also think Miami will trade um, Rashawn Jones. I think that's going to happen. I think that Miami could trade more than just Rashad Jones. I also could see a quarterback dealt in this draft. Josh Rosen. Just yeah. <laughs> Shocker, huh? Shocker. So a- another team that I could see maybe not trading draft picks but moving a player, the Saints. The Saints don't pick till what, 230. After that, it's the fifth. I can see the Saints wanting to be active in this year's draft class. They are a good enough team to where they're a piece or two away from being a Super Bowl champion team. Like, they can easily make a move. You know, someone I, – I don't know who they're going to move, but if they've got, you know, a linebacker or, or, you know, a defensive end that they feel like they can move around to get some uh, some more picks in this year's draft, I see them absolutely making a move. I mean, this is a really good draft class for those defensive players. So, why not trade Cam Jordan? I'm not you sure. Could. Jordan Cameron. I'm not sure. Did I say it back here? Cam Jordan. Cam I'm Jordan. not sure how much – how many years does he have, though, contract-wise? But so let's say that you can get a first for him, a first, and you throw your fifth in to get a first and a third. You know, you add some pieces. Yeah, you lose a really, really solid, you know, pass rusher. But you know, you could get another pass rusher in combination with another piece, maybe a linebacker that you need. Now, I was joking about the Josh Rosen thing, and I, I meant to keep going, but I lost my throat a little bit there. <laughs> The, the other quarterback I was talking about that I think could possibly be traded on draft day is Andy Dalton. 
I, I think it's possible. I think that Cincinnati could yeah. be infatuated. That's another team to me that could move up for Haskins, like we've talked about before, to sell some tickets. And I think in order to do that, you have to trade Andy Dalton. And Andy Dalton, I, there's a lot of places, I think, that would be okay with trading for Andy Dalton if the price was right. So uh, yeah. can we go ahead and trade Eli Manning while we're at it? <laughs> Giants would be one of them. I could see. I mean, if the Giants have their guy where they want to be. I mean, Where's Eli Manning going to get traded to, though? I don't know. But some, Redskins. But, <laughs> <laughs> Might as well. They're not going to trade within division. But. Alex Smith, Case Keenum. <laughs> Why not? Just keep it going. But if someone's going to offer you a third rounder for Eli Manning, because no, because nobody's doing that, because you got you know Haskins, they're, off, they're offering a property in Detroit in the bag of chips or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Eli Manning's better than that. But you know, I could see somebody making a move to say, all right, this. Why why not Miami? No, what? Please God, no. I'm just saying, if 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 maybe a they, third, they've if, got an old quarterback already. Maybe a third round or fourth. Or like, why, no. why not someone like that? No, is it bad? I'd rather I would rather have Fitz. Or, I'd rather have Fitz Magic <laughs> or Andy Dalton. Yeah, two two, two rings. Good. That's great. The straight hand. His, his time's over. <laughs> he, he his time is over. There's no third ring coming for him. Hmm? So why trade for him? Eli Manning's not the missing piece to a ring for any team in the league. Okay. I think the reason he fell off is that his forehead never actually grew any further. <laughs> he didn't get that Peyton like no. forehead. The knowledge comes with the forehead growth, and it just kind of stopped yeah, with stopped. Eli. Instead of it growing upward, it grew downward and gave him that like you know what's going on look dumb look on the side. Like, oh man, my forehead went down instead of up, and I'm just confused. Arms is such an Eli guy. Look at him. Look how angry he's getting. I am. Look how mad he is. Look how angry he's getting. You know what? Philip Rivers was the right choice in that. Philip Rivers does not have two Super Bowl championships. I think Rivers have like four if he's on the Giants uh, team. Uh, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> that defense, that talent. The dude's like top ten in every statistical category, including interceptions, but top ten in basically everything historically. You can hate him all you want. I don't dislike he's, him. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, his time's just done. Last thing, does Duke Johnson get traded on draft day? I mean, I don't know why he's still brown. I'll be honest with you. I, they might be waiting till draft day. I mean, that's the one thing I can. Who Who, who is their number two while What's-His-Face is out? Mm. That's they a good don't question. Need, I mean, do they need a number? I mean, seriously, they, Nick, they, Nick Chubb they is. they got to have someone. Yeah. May, see, that's another thing, like. You know, if Duke Johnson holds trade value, freaking sign TJ Yeldon on the cheap. Trade Duke Johnson. Yeldon can fill in until Kareem Hunt comes Kareem. back. And then Hunt comes back see. and Yeldon's is expendable. Why not trade Kareem Hunt on draft day? Well, that'd be great. But B- Because, I mean, Kareem Hunt probably has more value that they're willing to part with than any other player on their team. They got. Rewarded. I don't know. They got rewarded way too much with you know, what they got him for and how, how little suspension he got. They, yeah. They're going to let that ride. They're not going to get rid of him. Why not? They only signed he, him to a one-year deal, yeah. so yeah, they, they I, risk. They run the risk. Maybe, maybe they're, they're not convinced. going to resign him. They might be convinced that Cream Hunt will be loyal to him, like you guys gave me the chance, and you know I'm from this area anyway, so I'll sign a team-friendly deal. Nobody's going to give him big money. I mean. Everybody's going to try to get him on the cheap if if anybody's going to go after him besides the Browns. So I agree. I mean, I think you trade him. I, I think the reason you brought him in was to trade him. Nick Chubb is can be your franchise running back, so I don't really see the need for Kareem Hunt except to build that super team like they've done. It's it's so crazy to even think of them as a playoff contender 
after looking at them two years ago. Super Bowl contender, according to a lot of our close podcast buddies. The, sec- the second best team in Ohio. They're a pl- they are a <laughs> behind pl- the Blue Jackets. Yep. They're playing. They're probably third behind a crew, honestly. Let, let's not get carried away. <laughs> they haven't won the North yet. Everyone needs to calm the hell down on the Browns. You still got to get through the Steelers and the Ravens, guys. Oh, there's still some good teams. That happens. Let's peace it out. Thanks for listening. Hopefully everybody enjoys the draft. What do you guys want to do for the draft? Do we want to go live at all, or we just want to enjoy the draft? I'm fine with going live. Yeah, me too. Oh, dear. Oh, so you're coming up on Thursday? Something just yeah. happened. All right. Peace out. We'll see you guys next week on draft day. Thursday. Good night. Later. This concludes another episode of the Back Row Fantasy Show. Thanks for listening, and be sure to give us a review.